episode of Bad Thought Therapy. I am Sheree Hardy, and I am so grateful that you are listening. If you are a first-time listener, just know that you can email me at badthoughttherapy at gmail.com. That is badthoughttherapy at gmail.com. If you have a question, comment, or you would like to have a conversation with me and do a podcast with me, it is so easy because everything is audio. So today I'm going to be talking about memories. I'm going to be talking about the truth about memory. And I know that um, there's a lot of emphasis now on getting therapy and talking to counselors and you know getting help for whatever trauma you're dealing with or issues you're dealing with. And if that program, that therapy program or counseling program does not involve you dealing with your memories, then it's not going to be effective because the fact is that you have memories and you cannot get rid of memories. The only way you can, if you either get sick and have a disease where your memory is erased or affected or you die, period. So we all, and this is the thing why this this episode is going to be so important to listen to maybe more than once, we all have good and bad memories. We all have good and bad memories. And I remember, you know, when my daughter was growing up, I would always tell her to be very mindful of what she did, not only to herself, but to others, because you will always have the memory of it. And I shared that with her because I had to learn how to deal with haunting memories. And it wasn't of just what happened to me. It was also things that I had done and I would, you know, they would, those memories would flash back, pop up in my head randomly. And until I learned how to manage my memories, then I was haunted by them and they had incredible power to make me feel less than, feel shame, feel guilt. And those things, if they're not managed in the right way, they can be crippling and paralyzing. So you have to know how to manage your memories. Not thinking about bad things can help you once you have healed. But if you haven't healed, you have to understand that you do have to face your bad memories. So I'm going to just share some strategies. I'm working on a book right now. And in one of my books that I wrote years ago, I had a whole chapter on memory because many people, when they are broken or they feel less than is because they they constantly replay the memory of either some kind of trauma or abuse or something that they've done they relive their mistakes over and over again and we don't have to do that and um you know I've mentioned this before in some of my episodes I was a teacher for 31 years and one of the things that I tried to do is teach my students something that most people don't teach and that is the mind is just like a television you have the power to decide what you're going to think about. So just imagine you looking at a television, you see the screen, and most of us use a remote control to change the channel. Well, your mind will have thoughts that pop up. Sometimes you are trying to think of certain things. Sometimes, for whatever the reason, you know, thoughts can spontaneously pop in our head. What we're not taught is that we have the power to stop a thought. You can mentally say, no, I'm not going to think about this. 
And what's interesting is, and I, this may not be good, but I watch a lot of crime shows and over and over and over again. And just the other day, my daughter and I, we were watching something and we watched some of these um, like serial killers. Don't ask me why. Um, but we are crime buffs and almost all of them would say they had a voice in their head. There were voices telling them, you have the power to shut a voice up. You have the power not to allow yourself to entertain certain thoughts. A thought may pop up in your head. This is why I do bad thought therapy. Thoughts can pop up in your head. You can choose to play that thought out in your mind or you can choose to press the stop button or the pause button or the fast forward button or the rewind button. And that is why some people become prisoners of their thoughts and and then they act on their thoughts. You know, they just keep feeding themselves and replaying something. And let me tell you, every single action begins with a thought. Everything we do first starts with what is in your head. And over and over and over again, when I watch these shows, you know, and, and these criminals would say, they fantasize in their minds or they had some image or vision in their minds before they actually did it. You can change the channel. Just like you can pick up a remote control, you can say, no, I'm not going to think about that. And I want you to try this exercise. Just say you're sitting in a quiet place. Let's say whatever thought pops up in your mind, you, you see the thought materializing mentally. I want you to actually say the word stop. Stop it. Just stop that thought in your, your head. Now, changing the channel involves a little bit more than that. First, you have to understand it's a decision. I don't, I'm not going to think about this anymore. I don't want to think about this because when I do, I feel bad or I feel like it's going to lead me to do something destructive to myself or to others. But then you have to have somewhere else where your thoughts can go. You have to have something else to think about. And there are many other things you can think about. You can think about something you need to do, something you've always wanted to do, something that is important to do. You know, sometimes people at work and they're thinking about, they're so busy fantasizing about something that is inappropriate that they can't even do the work that is in front of them. And that is why they end up being totally incompetent and impotent. And the next thing you know, they're fired. But they don't have to think about whatever this thing is that they should be thinking about because you have control over what you think about. Any voice in your head, you can tell it to shut up. You can choose not to listen to it. And people could, you know, would argue and say, well, they're mentally ill. They hear all people hear voices. If you're really honest with yourself, there's always something in your head telling you to do something. Some people choose to listen to the bad voices because there are good voices in your head too. And I believe that there are good voices in every single person's head. But they choose for whatever the reason, because if you entertain, whatever you entertain is what's going to keep coming in your head. Just think about your computer. They've got the software now. And I this just happened to me. I was looking up, I know, I was looking up cameras, like um, surveillance cameras for my house, for my business. I was getting some, I wanted to, you know, figure out which one was the best for my business. When I did that, because of the software, all these different ads started popping up with surveillance cameras. The same thing, your thoughts are just like that. If you think about, let's say you think about going fishing, 
you're going to keep, if you keep thinking about it, you let yourself entertain that and you don't stop yourself from thinking about going fishing, you're going to keep thinking about going fishing until maybe you go fishing. And then when you go, you may not think about it as much because you've been relieved of, okay, I thought about it and I thought about it and then I acted on it and now I'm okay. Do you know that there are people who do dark things like that? They think about something over and over again and then they do it and then once they do it, Okay, they thought about it, but they kept feeding that thought. With changing the channel, and it's one of the strategies that I use over and over and over again to help me deal with memories, is when a bad memory would pop up, I had something else to think about. It could have been a goal, like writing a new book. It could have been I wanted to travel in a, to a certain place. And I mentioned this in some of my other episodes. I was a teacher for 31 years, and there were sometimes we would have these faculty meetings and it to me, maybe they weren't trying to be, they were so negative. And at a certain point, I literally would be sitting in the faculty meeting, but my mind was in South Africa. I always wanted to go, I haven't gone to South Africa yet. I always wanted to visit South Africa. And I would just, I looked up all these different images and I would have Plettenberg Bay in my mind. I would just, you know, have all these different images in my head and I'm literally sitting in the faculty meeting and I don't even hear some people call it tuning out I don't even know what they're saying because I would not internalize anything negative that teachers are the cause of all the problems in the world and that's sometimes what it sounded like maybe they didn't mean that but that's what it sounded like you can have yourself go to another mental place and you need to create a vision for yourself. Maybe it's seeing yourself in another country or in another place. Maybe it is seeing yourself in another setting where, you know, I want to get a new house and I imagine myself being in this new house, sitting in it, cooking in it, how it's going to look. You have to do that. It's okay to do that because it's, you're not going to lose anything by doing it. But let me tell you, you will lose something if you sit there and you think about every bad thing that has happened to you over and over and over again. Bad things have happened to all of us, and that is not to trivialize someone's pain or trauma or suffering, but the truth be told, we all have bad memories, and everybody does not let those bad memories cripple them, and this is a strategy. And remember, you have the power to say, stop. The other thing you have to do, and this takes a little work, is you have to accept that the past cannot be reversed. It is over, though. The past is over. Whatever happened to you in the past, whatever someone did to you, whatever you did, it cannot be reversed. It cannot be undone. It is over. And you have to focus on that part. Is no need in you mentally going back because physically it can never be reversed. And you have to let that go. My last episode dealt with taking responsibility for your own life. And one of the things that we do sometimes is we waddle in our victimhood because we have the memories of, you know, all the things that people did to us that didn't do, and we'll stay focused there. But the way that you take ownership of your life is you accept, okay, that happened. I did allow myself to be treated this way or this person did this. But you, you, you take ownership and you say, I'm moving forward. And that is another powerful thing is that you stop looking back and you move forward. Again, you create visions for yourself. You have goals. You have real goals. This is not just imaginary. Like if you want a new house, imagine yourself in that new house. But that's a real goal. 
the other thing is this is critical and it involves other people. Now, in my last episode, I talked about the fact that we cannot control anyone else's behavior. We can try to inspire people. We, we may be able to influence people. And what we do does impact people. But the bottom line is you really can't make a person stop behaving a certain way. But I say that when you have either made mistakes or something has happened to you, let people know that you don't want to be reminded of it. Because there are some people, they're forever reminding you of the past. They always want to keep you in the past, and usually it's in a negative past. It's not the former glory. It's the bad story. And they, and they want to remind you of that, and you have to let them know your expectations. I don't want to think about this anymore. I have moved on. I am no longer this person. Um, I'm no longer with this person, you know, whatever the case may be. But you have to let people know. If people do not respect you, they do not have the respect to not keep bringing up something in the past that you don't want to deal with, then you have to either deal with them with a long handle spoon or you have to let them go. It's just that plain and simple. You have to let them go. You have to say, you know what, I've, I love you, but I don't want, I'm not going to be around because you can't stop, you know, talking about this past. And, you know, I met a guy, not personally, but this is a guy that I met through social media and he was in prison I actually did a, a podcast with him and um you know we talked about the fact that when you make a mistake a big mistake people are going to remind you that you made that mistake God may forgive you God may cast it into the sea of forgetfulness but your record is always there and you have to confront that and you have to say to people I made this mistake I'm no longer that person. I regret it and I want to move forward and I'm doing all I can to move forward. You have to not look back because they're going to always pull you back. I remember when the incident happened with Chris Brown, the entertainer, and allegedly he beat up Rihanna. And, you know, after that, people interviewed him and he got upset with them bringing that up. And I remember one, one time he actually picked up a chair, I think, and threw it at a window, a glass window or something. The way to heal is you have to prepare. You, always, you have to understand. You have to accept. People are never going to let you forget your past, whether it's good or bad, whether you did something or somebody did something to you. So now that you know that and you confront that, you have to constantly remind, say it, I'm not, I'm not there. If you, if you have to say it, affirmations are powerful. I am no longer in that past. I'm no longer in that place. I'm no longer that person. I'm no longer with that person. I am moving on and please allow me to move on. People may respect that or they may not, but if they love you, they will respect that and they will be mindful. But the reality is your record is out there. The pictures are out there. Or whatever but you're moving on for that and you do which brings me to my next thing you do need God you, you're going to have to pray in order to be able to deal with your memories um, some people say that when you have been in a bad place you need to remember so that you don't ever go back to that place you want to remember rock bottom because you don't want to forget that you were at rock bottom now, you can do that when you heal and when you really fully understand and you internalize, the past cannot be reversed. So 
So when you think of it, you don't have to feel bad because if you have gotten out of that by the grace of God, you have to focus on the now and the future because that's all you have. And you have to have God to be able to do that. I remember I worked with a young lady and she shared something with me that while she was in college, she was brutally raped. And I think it was one of the rape by someone that she knew. It wasn't, you know, someone she didn't know. She was in college. She befriended somebody and she was raped. And she was so traumatized that for years, you know, she just could not talk to men. She was afraid to be around men. She had a loving father, but she really suffered from having the memories over and over again. But at some point in her life, she met a man who eventually became her husband and he was different. And she just knew that he was different and there was something special. But there were times when she would have these flashbacks about what happened to her and she couldn't be intimate with her husband. And at a certain point, she said she just prayed. She just said, God, take away the memory. I don't want to remember this anymore because I want to love my husband. I know he loves me and, and everything. And she said that God healed her. And she's not the only one. I know that God can heal people mentally and spiritually and physically. I know that. And when you believe that and when you go to God and you talk to God, and you listen to God, and you praise God and you, you're grateful for God, you worship him, something will happen. Something healing will happen. And God is a healer. And it, it's not something that can be described or explained. It's inexplicable. That's how God works. That's the supernatural. Now, in the natural, there are some things you may have to do. God can heal the supernatural. Supernatural. In the natural, you can. You might not be able to be around the person who created the trauma for you. You know, it's interesting. We don't expect, like that young lady I was sharing, talking about, my coworker, my former coworker. We wouldn't expect her to be around the rapist. But when trauma happens within families. And let's say it's a family member, your mother that abused you, or your father, or a grandfather, or a sibling, or whatever, whoever the person was, or husband or spouse. We we don't ever say you need to not be around that person because you're going to have triggers. We have this misguided notion that forgiveness and healing means that we can talk to that person. No, you don't need to talk to a person that has traumatized you especially if it was malicious and they have absolutely no remorse. I know people that are going to die with the lie, not trying to rhyme, where they have done so much evil, but they never, ever acknowledge that. They never try to redeem themselves or apologize or do something different. And those people are dangerous to be around because what they're going to do is they're going to create triggers. Now, you can get healed, you know, to the point where they can do stuff and you still might be able to handle it. But I wouldn't play around with that. And maybe even if it's temporary, like if it's a very close family member, like if it's a parent or if it's a child or if it's a, you know, spouse or sibling, you might be able to still handle certain things around them but you want to be mindful because if they have not tried to redeem themselves or felt any remorse or apologized then they are capable of recommitting the trauma and in the natural I would say you have to love them with a long handle spoon forgiveness is not about 
you having kumbaya moments with people. Forgiveness is when you release them to God. When you choose for your sake not to focus on the offense, not to focus on the bad, not to focus on whatever they did, but to shift your focus to God and let them go and no longer give any mental energy and spiritual energy and emotional energy and time to them. Shift all your focus on God and healing you and understanding the life lesson that you can get from your experiences. And here's the thing, we all hurt people. See, we're all on both sides of this because whether we know it or not, we have said something offensive or we've done something offensive. And even if it's not malicious, it still hurts. It still had an impact on people. And you need to forgive because you want that forgiveness and grace for yourself. Because, you know, I hear people talk about bullying and they act as if, you know, all they've done is been bullied. But see, whether they know it or not, someone might perceive their actions as mean or hateful or, you know, bad. It's, it, we're on both sides of it. And so the grace that you need and the forgiveness that you need for yourself, you must give it. But forgiveness doesn't mean I got to be with this person for the rest of my life. I got to try to be friends. No, if that person tried to kill you, if that person, you know, lied to you and cheated on you and tried to kill you and do all these horrific things or they're dark and perverted, you don't need to be around them. But you bless them and you release them and you forgive them. And you take the focus off of them and put it on to God. And I shared a little bit this about this in my last episode, taking responsibility for your life. You know, I went through a point where I waddled in my victimhood. You know, I would have these pity parties about a relationship that had failed. And when I initially started this healing process, which was long, which took over a decade, you know, all my focus was on the other person, you know, what he did, what he didn't do, and how he treated me. But there was a point when God began to deal with me, and I had to take ownership that everything I went through in that relationship was a result of my choices. That I chose to accept maltreatment and evil and perversion. I chose to accept that. Nobody put a gun in my head, nobody imprisoned me, nobody put a knife in my throat. I chose to do that. And when I began to deal with me, it was painful. And I had to remember that I accepted that. And it was very, very painful. But once I accepted that it was something wrong with me, then I could heal. It's like you cannot get healing until you recognize what the problem really is. You know, you have symptoms if you're sick. But then the, there's a, the symptom is just a re- effect of a cause. You got to get to the cause. And the cause was I didn't have any sense of self-worth and self-esteem. And so I let myself be degraded and used and, and mis- You know, I let my, nobody put a gun in my head. But then I remember having a pity party just, just one day. And this was like a couple of years ago. And I mean, everything hit me. Not what he did, what I did, what I allowed And I was like, Lord, what's wrong with me? But God whispered in my ear and said, you're focused on what you did aloud. Focus on what I saved you from. And that is another strategy of dealing with memory. We can get so focused on the trauma and what the person did or what we did because we've done, I've done evil too. We've done things and we get focused on that. Focus on God. 
his grace, his love, his forgiveness, his protection. And when you shift the focus from a person, from you or another person, that is when your memories can be healed. You we're just, and this is, I say this every episode, you know, people will tell you what to do and not to do when it comes to having a spiritual life. But the one thing that I feel is more critical than anything else, and that is prayer, which is simply communication with God. It is not just talking, but it's also listening. You have to get quiet. You have to open your heart and mind. But if you're not connected to God, you won't hear his voice. When I was a teacher, I used to use an example like, I literally could be down the hall and my back could be turned. And because I had spoken with a particular student so many times, if they called me, I would know who that was. You need to know the voice of God by spending so much time with him where you recognize his voice and he recognizes yours. And it's simple. You get quiet, you turn off everything, turn off that phone, turn off the television, the music, get away from people for a while and just begin to talk to God. And the benefits is, is that when you talk to God, you don't have to worry about being shamed. You don't have to worry about being judged. Not in a negative way. You can get it all out and release it in a way that is healthy, in a way that is cathartic and therapeutic. And he does hear and he does care for you. And then you must listen. Now, one thing I have not said enough, and I'm I'm going back and I'm doing this. You have to thank God. Because if you survive something, and we all have survived something, car accidents, you know, other terrible things happening to us that could have happened, being killed or being raped, you know, all these things. Thank God for that. Thank God that he kept you from total disaster and catastrophe and evil. Just begin to praise him and thank him and show gratitude. That is a part of prayer too, and I don't think that I emphasize that enough. That is so critical. And then I want to say, watch what you say to yourself. You know, if you, again, I watch these crime shows and people, you know, just tell themselves that they are nothing, that they're just going to be this bad person. And you don't have to be that way. Watch what you say to yourself. Say positive confirmations. I am not a victim of my past. I am not a bad person because I made that mistake. You know, say that God loves you. Say that you love yourself say all that to help you. My memories are healed. I am moving forward because again, the past cannot be undone and it cannot be reversed. And memory is something, is a thought from the past. That's memory. And you have to let that go. You don't have the past anymore and you will never have it again. All you have is now. If God continues to give you breath, you will have tomorrow. And we cannot take our next breath without him. I want to emphasize that. I used to tell my students, we, the school, part of the back of the school was, in, um, you could see a, a cemetery. Take an alarm clock out there. See who will wake up. Nobody. Because that's not who wakes you up. What wakes you up? God wakes you up every single morning. So let's recap what we have gone over. And the first thing is, you want to create new memories for yourself. 
either in your mind where you are imagining things you want to do, you have visions, or you're physically creating new memories. Go to new places. Do something you really want to do. Take a walk. Take a trip. Um, you know, go see something. Go talk to a friend. Create new memories. And the more good memories you have, the more you have to pull from. Say stop. Your mind is like remote control. You don't have to sit there and rethink and replay over and over again something from your past. Just accept it's over. Whatever happened, it happened. You survived it. You did it or somebody did it to you. But guess what? You're still here. And you have to decide you are not going to be crippled and paralyzed. You're going to live your life. Let people know you don't want to be reminded of your past. If they don't respect that, you know what you got to do. Long handle spoon or just let them go. Pray and forgive. Forgiveness does not mean you have to be around that person. Just release them. Let God deal with them. I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard. He'll deal with people better than you can deal with them. And don't be a, what I call a mental warden, where you want to assign, you know, their, their punishment. Just let it go. Let God deal with them. Just say, God, I let you go pray for them to be healed. Because some people are really sick and it's a result of them not being healed. And watch what you say to yourself. And I see that red light, but this is so critical. Don't stay focused on the why it happened. You keep staying focused on the why it happened, you're not going to get any answers. It happened. Now find the treasure in your trauma. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for me to go. I'm Sheree Hardy, and thank you for tuning in to Bad Thought Therapy. Have a beautiful day.